Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome back to another episode of the Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 91 of the Informed Catholic, and we are going into, I guess you can call it the 34th Sunday of Ordinary Time, but it's also the feast day of Christ the King of the Universe. Christ the King of the Universe. This is the last Sunday of Ordinary Time. The last Sunday of Ordinary Time. My name is Ned Jabbar and this is the Informed Catholic. So, um, the significance of this feast day, well, in a sense, we're in entering fall, going into winter. And uh, November is also the month of the dearly departed, the holy souls in purgatory. <clears throat> it's a... Um, it's a dreary time of the year, right? End of the year, time has gone by, and there's a lot of significance to that. Basically, it's it's also um, pretty much putting death in front of us, our mortality, uh, the Latin phrase which goes back even before the time of, uh, before Christianity. Momento mori, remember your death. That's something that all of us should remember. You know, whenever you see uh, an image of a skull, someone may have a, a, a Punisher t-shirt with a skull image on it. That really is momento mori. Um, you see sometimes the image of the uh, the skull with the crossbones, right? X shape, momento mori. Remember your death. Remember, remember mortality. Remember that you will die. And that's something that nobody wants to think about. Nobody wants to talk about. And yet at the same time, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, as he's called in, in Hebrew, Yesus in Greek, Jesus in Spanish and Latin, Italian, Yesus Christi, Yeshua Mashiach. In, in Hebrew, he came into the world and he came, lived his life as a mortal man. At the same time, he was God, true God, true man, came to die. And this is basically the whole point of our mortality. Uh, the readings you're going to notice King David became king late in his life. I, I believe maybe he might have been around the age of 40. King Saul, 
the former king of Israel, died, died in battle. The first part we're going to notice, men's desperation for immortality, desperation for security, desperation to be, to, to rise above other men, other mortals, to carve out an empire. Basically, they're fighting for immortality and they're fighting against their mortality, which time, time always catches up with you. It catches up in many different ways. We're going to notice this. So let's uh, begin our, uh, our readings here. This is uh, the readings for the feast day of Christ the King of the universe. And uh, let's begin here. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, we start here. We've gone through our introduction. Let's move on to the readings. All right. So, our first reading is from the second book of Samuel. Now, um, King David is about to be anointed king of all of Israel. This is after years and years of uh, running from King Saul, who pretty much knew that David was going to be the next king of Israel. And Saul was given the kingship. He was technically the first king of Israel. And he was of the tribe of Benjamin. David was of the tribe of Judah. Both men were Israelites. Both men descendants of Abraham. Both men <clears throat> worshipped the same God. 
Saul, the difference is that Saul became your typical politician, one who compromised, um, pretty much decided to do things his own way. And this cost him dearly. Um, it cost him his relationship uh, with God. It cost him his relationship um, with his family. It cost him his relationship with David. Saul, unfortunately, um, we're not going to go through all the details, but he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He didn't carry out the orders to wipe out his enemies completely, the enemies of, of the people. He compromised. He um, made decisions that reflected his own ambitions, his own um, pride, his own ego, and that cost him dearly. All right, so let's begin. This is second. This is from the second book of Samuel, chapter five, verse one to three. It's a short. It's a short one, but there's a lot in here. They anointed David king of Israel. A reading from the second book of Samuel. In those days, all the tribes of Israel came to David in Hebron, and said, "How here we are, your bone and your flesh. In days past, when Saul was our king." It was you who led the Israelites out of out and brought them back. And the Lord said to you, you shall shepherd my people Israel and shall be commander of Israel. When all the elders of Israel came to David in Hebron, King David made an agreement with them there before the Lord and they anointed him king of Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this uh, particular reading shows you here that they came and they acknowledged him. They acknowledged his deeds of the past. And one of the things that they did was because a king, a king is not the same as a president. You don't, um, you don't vote for a, a king. You don't uh, sort of like uh, take a popular uh, opinion polls or anything like that. That can't be done. There is, um, in many cases, there has to be something spiritual about a king. A king is technically God's anointed on earth. Um, he's technically should be picked out by God. God is the one who designates the man as a king here in the Bible. We're talking about from the Judeo Christian point of view. Um, and in this case with, uh, with David, what David did, even though he knew that God would make him king, David David could have taken the life of King Saul. He had many opportunities, many chances to take the man's life. But he didn't dare to. He didn't dare commit murder. There's um, one scene where uh, Saul was, uh, throughout the time Saul was asleep, David could have killed him in his sleep. 
there was one famous uh, story where David was hiding in the cave and King Saul entered the cave, didn't see David in the shadows. And King Saul decided to uh, uh, take a piss, go to the, relieve himself, right? There's no delicate way to put it. And while he was doing that, David actually, I think, if I'm correct, cut a piece of Saul's cloak. And he, um, proving that his bodyguards, his men, were doing a very poor job of protecting him. David never took his life. He had many opportunities. His men had many opportunities. He did not want to do it. But time and time again, Saul was chasing him and Saul ridiculously missed the opportunity. But David had the opportunity to take his life. Saul had many reasons to be jealous. David was proving to be very popular. In this case, you can say there was a, a popular opinion. When David came after a battle, King Saul heard the people ch uh, chanting. Saul killed his thousands. David killed his ten thousands. That was the, what the people were saying on the street. And that drove Saul crazy. So much so that he took a spear and threw it at David. Could have taken his life. But all the stuff, what you have to remember is no matter how hard you try to hold on to glory, you try to hold on to your position, it's going to slip away. It's going to slip from your fingers. Politicians do that today, right? You see that. Actors try to do it. Singers, celebrities, they try to hold on so, so badly to their fame. They wind up competing against themselves, let alone against a new rising star. Politicians try desperately to hold on to. They get addicted to the power, to the fame, to the spotlight. And then they sometimes wind up finding that more than their political opponent, more than the new coming celebrity, they're, they're finding out that they are sometimes their own worst enemy. All right, let's uh, let's move on from here to the next reading. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 122. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced because they said to me, we will go up to the house of the Lord. And now we have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. 
Jerusalem built as a city with compact unity. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. According to the decree for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord, in it are set up judgment seats, seats for the house of David. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. It's interesting. Um, I love always looking at images of uh, Jerusalem, the city. Um, I remember uh, going up there with my grandfather, um, my CD, and me and my brother would he would go with him. We would go up to uh, to visit the city. I loved. Um, to this day, I mean, whenever I see images, you see the the narrow alleyways of the the, the market. Um, sometimes you would walk over, like you would go go through a pathway, and there would be an opening with light, and another pathway would be dark, and uh, you know you could smell the different spices and everything. And you, on either side, you see the merchants selling stuff all the, the different uh, products they're trying to sell. Sometimes it could be um, what we call elgiras, you know, smoke pipes, like smoke, uh, you know, smoke pipes. Sometimes they would be selling T-shirts. Sometimes you might even sign, find someone, you know, they're selling bags. I'm sure they're all made in China by now. And then uh, you go past by coffee houses, pastry shops, butcher shops then you know of course you might pass by the usual um you know other like products like sodas or maybe tv shops and everything now of course you look carefully you'll see the um the shops uh, selling cell phones and everything like that but it was pretty cool because the alleyways would change. You'd hear people. You'll um, you'll see tourists, and then you'll see the pilgrims, uh, as usual. And when we were young, I remember um, there was um, one time uh, me and my brother got separated. Uh, there was a whole bunch of sheep passing by and this I was very young I remember this and um, there was um, um, my brother and I we got sort of like uh, caught with this uh, little goat that uh, came our way and um, you know it seemed to have uh, uh, attracted somehow it got attracted to me and my brother and um finally our our CD found us and uh he wound up buying the goat <laughs> and we got home we went home on the bus and you can hear the goat making its sounds you know and we got home and uh well we had a goat <laughs> it was you know it was pretty cool you know it was very different this was back Back in uh, 
sometime in the seventies. And, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a memory we have and everything, you know, I remember seeing the soldiers on the rooftop. I remember seeing, you know, the, the pilgrims doing the stations of the cross. Uh, you would see the, the Jews with their heavy outfits, like, believe it or not, even Hasidic Jews will still wear their, their ridiculously black hats and black jackets. And amazingly, they would still wear it, you know, even in that, even in a hot, hot summer, you know, this is, um, these are things that, you know, you want to hold on to. Everybody has memories basically. And we always traveled in Jerusalem, always on the bus. Sometimes maybe my grandparents might take a taxi. And sometimes when you're driving on, on there, you're, you're moving along on these roads heading towards Jerusalem or Ramallah. We always wound up seeing um, the soldiers um, walking on the road um, with their rifles. <laughs> and, you know, you would also see the female soldiers, you know, uh, it was always weird. Um, with their rifles and their pants leg rolled up and you would sometimes see them. They look like they're wearing sandals. <laughs> Weird. But they would be hitchhiking. Very strange. But that was, those are the things I, I remember clearly. And they still do it to this day. Okay, let's move on to the second reading. All right, now we got uh, a second reading, which is from Colossians. St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 12 to 20. He transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, let us give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to share in the inheritance of the Holy Ones in light. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for in him we were created we i'm sorry in for in him were created all things in heaven and on earth the visible and invisible whether thrones or domin dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross through him whether the whether those on earth or those in in heaven the word of the lord thanks be to god i'm going to read it one more time reading from the letter of saint paul to the colossians chapter 12 1 verse 12 to 20 let us give thanks to the father who has made you fit to share the inheritance of the Holy Ones in light. 
He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross, through whom, through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. Amen. That passage right there is beautiful. That passage, this, this revelation of theology that St. Paul um, wrote down, his comprehension his insight to understanding who Jesus Christ is is phenomenal it's phenomenal the word the the very idea the it's a I don't want to say anything that's new age but it's it is basically it sums up everything that what life in Christ is it's he is everything to our salvation the father made us fit through um through Jesus Christ his son he he gave us his son so that we can um, we can become a whole a whole new creation a whole new life who you know the father who has made you fit to share the inheritance of the holy ones and light the the saints the angels Okay, he delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. <coughs> Excuse me. He took us from the state of the fall of Adam and Eve, of Adam and Eve, and in the new Adam, the true Adam, okay, transferred us from the state, fallen, dark, evil state, into 
the kingdom. All right, into, you know, he transferred us, delivered us from power and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Right there, you have the, you have the answer. Through baptism, through the sacraments, through the liturgy, all right, and in his word. Now, of course, he's not going to violate your free will because we know there are many people who abandon the Christian faith. And I have to say a lot of times the reason why people would abandon the Christian faith because of the bad example of, of those who practice the faith. There, there are a lot of people like St. Like Saint Augustine said, who are in the church, who don't belong in the church, who don't belong in the church. And there are a lot of people outside the church who belong in the church. You know, we, we see this now, it's happening, which is why our numbers are, are, are fallen. Because they, they unfortunately either, they, they're given a bad example of what the Christian faith is, um, the the you know the liturgies are are I don't, I don't know what the word is lackluster or just not done properly the way it's supposed to be done you know and then you have priests and bishops and uh, cardinals they don't even know what sin is anymore you know they they're it's psychological because many of them are you know are people who haven't given up sin, who haven't given up the world. But let's continue what we have, uh, what Paul is saying here. Jesus, he, about Jesus here, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Now, this part here, okay, th thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. He's referring to the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, who talked about the who, who revealed the Son of Man, who is God Himself. You know, uh, I know. A lot of people think that, you know, son of man, that could mean just son of humanity. That's what a lot of people would like to believe it says. But in the Hebrew context, because English is a, not a religious language, it is not easy to translate the meaning of it. Son of man, one like the son of man. Son of man does not mean human. It, it means he is he is appearing as human in all likely sense. He is human. It's not an illusion. But this is someone who is far more than human. He is God. He appears and stands because what, what Daniel understands here, he stood in front of the throne of the ancient of days, which is God. And he who is on the throne acknowledges him as God and gives him a, the scepter to rule over all thrones and principalities, dominions, powers, heaven and earth is all his. All nations are all his. This is God. So Jesus, when he says he's the son of man, 
when he uses the title son of man, he is making it quite clear to his religious opponents, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, that he's God. Because the title son of man, though it was probably used by many crazy religious cultists, but in this case, Jesus doesn't just take the title or say that this is his title. He proves it by his actions and his words. He backs it up. He doesn't leave you just with the title. He makes you, he makes sure he crosses his T's, he dots his, his I's. He makes sure that he leaves you with something to ponder and think about. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Okay, we went through that already. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, all before... Okay, I'm sorry. We ended with all things were created through him and for him. Yeah, the Father, the Father God the Father, the Trinity in general. Uh, everything was created with him in with him in 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 the, in the in the mindset, him in the plan, him in the golden, the golden uh, scheme of things was was created for this very purpose for him. Um, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body. Okay, this part will remain. Uh, he is before all things. All things, and in him all things hold together. Everything, everything was planned with him in the heart of the plan, in the heart of creation, in the heart of reality. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father and the Word and the Holy Spirit had him the center of it all of it all he's like he is the obvious piece to the missing puzzle god of course knew knows it god the father god the son god the holy spirit knew it don't try to figure it out don't try to ponder and figure it out it takes time it takes time to 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 take it all in but he is everything everything in this fallen creation will find its fulfillment, the answer in him. It's all in him. He is the answer to everything. He is the answer to all things. Everything. You, you, you got to look to him. Okay. Um, and so we continue here. Um, he is the head of the body, the church. This is one line here. He is the head of the body, the church, the church, his body. Okay. The, a lot of, there's a lot of, of course, doubts about the church and everything. And unfortunately, um, we're going through, we're going through some serious, uh, I don't, a lot of serious uh, problems right now. We have uh, badly trained priests, lay people who they're doing the same thing what happened before with ancient Israel. They're bringing the outside world in. 
the Israelites, when they committed idolatry and adultery, you know, everything, spiritual adultery, they itched to be like the world. They brought paganism. They brought foreign gods in. We're, a lot of our people are doing the same thing now. You know, they're looking at Christianity as an evolving Christianity. That's the new thing now, the evolving Christianity, the evolving church, the evolving Christ. This is the worst one. The evolving Christ, the, the, the Christ that has not yet been discovered, all that nonsense. I just saw a couple of days ago a very offensive Amazon. Why did I put myself in that torture? Because the title of it caught my attention creating Christ. And it was just right out of like the leftovers of the, of the Jesus seminar, you know, uh, basically it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's the same thing with a very obvious, um, agenda to destroy the Christian faith, to say that the Christian faith was created by Romans, by the Roman empire, Vespasian and whatever, and all these other Romans. They just, that for some reason, a, a very Western, very paganistic empire decided to take an interest in Judaism. Why? Right? Why would they care? And not only that, the information, like they had to know what was in those Hebrew writings. Well, they could have gotten the answer they wanted through the Greek. They didn't have to go to Jerusalem to find this out. It was available for more than hundreds of years now with the Subduagent. But anyway, they did everything they can to try to, to really dismiss and weaken the Christian revelation by saying it was Romans. It was Romans with uh, treacherous Jews like St. Paul and, and, uh, Flavius Josephus, to, who collaborated with Rome to create the Christian church, to create this new religion. Yeah. Really, really interesting, right? It's, it's fantastic. It, it, it's, it's, it basically did not leave. All, it left all, a lot of unanswered things. It, had, it was a lot of holes in their theory. All right. He is the beginning of the firstborn of the dead. Okay, the church. I'm sorry. He is the head of the body of the church. To be baptized in him, to be baptized in him, you have, my understanding is that everything is in him. Everything who we are who you are, every human being will find their fulfillment in him. And to be baptized in him, to, to live the Christian faith, to receive his body and blood, it's the only way. And you have to put 100% into it. 100% of who you are, uh, 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 you know, empty yourself out of who you are, of, who, of every image of what you think you should be. It all has to be in him, in him. Everything has to be in him. Oh, total surrender of the self, of the I, of the ego. And total, total, you know, because what you're going to find out, you're going to find the truth of who you are. And you're going to have to acknowledge the lie 
that you embraced. It's all in him. Everything is in him. Okay, all things he himself might be. Okay, he is the beginning of the firstborn of the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross, through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. Everything, 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 he is everything. He is everything. Firstborn of the dead, meaning um, the fallen world that we inherited, the sinful, corrupt world that we inherited, Everything will be answered in him and only in him. All right, let's move on to the last reading. Okay, the next reading here is going to be from the Gospel of Luke. The Alleluia is from Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 9 to 10. Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. That is, to, uh, that is to come. Alleluia, alleluia. Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 23, verse 35 to 43. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The others, however, rebuked him and said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnations. And indeed, we have been condemned justly for the sentences we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Here's an interesting thing. That, that thief who converted, how many sermons do you think he heard Jesus preach? I mean, has he heard him preach before? Possibly. What if he didn't hear Jesus preach before? What if he only heard things about him? Heard that he's done these things. Heard that he said these things. Remember, there's no New Testament. Yet this thief, one of the thieves converted, put his faith in Jesus. And Jesus promised him, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, how many words, how many, how many possible sermons he could have heard? We don't know. But at that moment, 
at this moment, something, something about this man, something about this man, all the people who reviled him, who despised him, jeered at him, called him names, seeing the abuse that, they, that he went through was probably far more than what he and the other thief would have gone through. This man converted. He got converted. He he saw something in him, in his suffering. He was suffering the same thing Jesus was suffering. He was on the cross. He saw the, the other thief on the cross. Yet, the crucifixion of this man stood out to him, spoke loudly to him. The abuse that this man went through, the abuse, the insults, the name-calling, spoke to him, said something to him, and yet he was not given one Bible track, one New Testament track. And possibly we are not too sure if he heard him preach or not. It appears he didn't. I'm going to judge him by his words. Okay. Yet he had faith in him. And yet Jesus died before him. And what do you think the Romans did? They came along with these clubs and broke their legs, broke his leg. The man had a little bit more to go with suffering. But he, I'll be honest with you, I'd rather die the way Jesus did than to feel my my legs broken. Of course, it's just horrible. But think about it. This man came to, to, to believe in Jesus on the cross, being crucified the same day as him. But yet, Jesus' suffering converted him. Jesus crucified, wearing a crown of thorns, torn the shreds. The natural inclination, as one friend of mine says, if someone crucified me, I'd be cursing them from the cross. I'd be saying every horrible thing to them. But this is remarkable when you think about it. He converted. He converted. He came to become a follower of Jesus. And his suffering at that moment had greater meaning, greater merit because of the faith he came to receive. Because he put his life in Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ. It, this is something we have to really consider. Think about it. In this culture, everybody is, is running towards death. Even though a lot of people are going to do everything they can to slow death down. Or to avoid what they want to believe is avoiding death. But this man's death, that day, that crucifixion, became his salvation, became his eternal life. I mean, this is something no one can ignore. He came to believe who Jesus is. He came to believe in him. It's unbelievable. And it's frightening, but it goes to show you there's hope for us. Amen. Amen indeed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Also, um, it's still the month of uh, November. And um, I saw a little something on YouTube. Um, it's um, this woman, um, she had a private revelation. But it makes sense, really, since we don't know. She was given a scene where she was shown a woman in the flames of purgatory. A very famous woman. Very, very famous woman. We've known her to this day. Her name, we just have to mention her first name. An actress. Very popular in Hollywood films. Um, very popular in photographs. A real Hollywood icon. She recognized the woman. Um, she had a tragic childhood. Um, it's something quite common with a lot of people, right? Unfortunately. And then um, there's a scene when she became famous. And the lady says that she was granted this vision. She saw the woman walk into a place wearing a beautiful, sexy dress, walking over to a table where there were some uh, men, married men with their wives, and she began to flirt with the men. And behind her stood Jesus, heartbroken. He says to the visionary, She's in purgatory, basically just, she made it in by one strand of her hair. If it wasn't for her tragic childhood, I would not have shown mercy to her. But she has been totally forgotten by the world. 
because no one offers prayers or masses on her behalf. That's why she's still here. The famous actress in purgatory is Marilyn Monroe. Now, like I said, this is private revelation. I'm going to take the woman at her word. I wish I could remember her name. I'll try to get her name later on. But she appeared with John Henry Weston not too long ago. Uh, the lady um, has had three abortions in her life. The visionary. Um, not, not the, at least I don't know. I'm, I'm quite certain. I think that Marilyn herself might have had an abortion. But she's also might have been a rape victim. She was also been taken advantage of. We know this for a fact. History, you know, people talk about her life, but people have forgotten the person. How many persons in there in purgatory have been forgotten? We don't practice purgatory anymore. We don't say the prayers. And... I was thinking to myself, how would we get masses said for a soul in purgatory? Who would say masses for us once we're gone? This is why we have to pray for these souls, for these souls who are in purgatory. So that we can have mercy shown to us. These things are important. You know, prayer for the dead. I know a lot of Protestants criticize it. But you know, everybody goes and visits the graves of their loved ones and talks to their loved ones. Everybody thinks about their loved ones. Everyone kisses a photograph of their loved ones. And I, and I truly believe that because we have forgotten the dead. And, you know, in some cultures, maybe it's more common to have masses said. And I think it would be... So let's say a, 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 some Hail Marys for, you, uh, for the soul and for others. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>